Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on the 26th of January, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, and the Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Check them out online, ffbt.com. And check us out for this content coming up on today's podcast. Eric Pfeiffer with chefs who get creative with Indiana-grown pork. Elise Koning previews two upcoming forage meetings. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says temperatures now turn colder after all that snow. And in the markets yesterday, soybeans and wheat higher. Analysis coming up with Tom Fritz on the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. From the farm to the kitchen, and no, not just the food, and forage meetings coming up. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. A comfy pork belly on yeast cornbread and gooseberry jam. I have prepared a Asabuco-style pork shank. It's called ramen, all pork, no nudes. So it's crispy pork belly, a meatball that is ground bacon and ground pork, all tossed in a ramen demi sauce, and then crispy pork rinds and pickled cucumbers. Those were just a few of the dishes of many from professional chefs at Tuesday night's Taste of Elegance at the Indiana Roof Ballroom. The event is put on by Indiana Pork and encourages chefs to get creative using all parts of the pig in their dish. This year's winner was Dean Sample, executive chef at Fox Garden Kitchen and Ale in Fortville, with his dish... Pork tenderloin wellington that I made a pickle duck cell, which is traditionally with uh, mushrooms. I did a mustard aioli. I did a root beer glazed pork belly. I also made pork rinds with the skin that I crumbled over the top. I made a little bacon vinaigrette with a frisée salad. And I made some uh, bacon fat fried potatoes, so kind of like the french fries. Sample is originally from Paragon, Indiana, where he grew up on his family's corn and soybean farm, where he learned how important the hard work farmers put in truly is. Literally, I'm the first person in my family not to be a farmer so like yeah so i i get it he says it was his grandmother's delicious home cooking on the farm that inspired him to be a chef sample really enjoys cooking with pork the one thing i love about pork is how versatile it is so i mean if you have a cut like a pork chop versus ham or a ham hock to accent some green beans or a you know a pot of beans versus the main stage of a pork chop or pork belly or pork cheeks when you get into more obscure cuts i mean there's not really any other animal that has that many different kinds of textures and flavors within one animal sample won a cash prize for his win and will work with indiana pork on continued cooking opportunities well who's your farmers will be featured at two upcoming meetings focused on forage 
Our Elise Koning is here now to tell you about those meetings. The first is the annual meeting of the Indiana Forage Council on February 9th. It takes place in Columbus at Kloss of America. Alicia Rogers, Indiana Forage Council president, says two hay producers who won top awards with the Hoosier Hay Contest will present. So Brock Kiesler and Matt Tobias will be talking about production because they're both fairly decent sized or large sized hay producers. And then some of the harvest and marketing strategies they use to help produce the high quality hay. The meeting also includes a tour of the Kloss Parts Facility. So it's really a great opportunity for forage enthusiasts from across Indiana to kind of come together and network and hear from others and see kind of what's going on in the industry. Another gathering for forage enthusiasts is the Heart of America Grazing Conference February 20th through 21st at the Ferdinand Community Center. Jason Tower is the superintendent of the Southern Indiana Purdue Agricultural Center. He says local, state, and national speakers will discuss topics such as soil testing, grazing management plans, and hay storage. One session features local producers with unique approaches to forages and grazing. Danielle and Aaron Walker uh, from Washington County are sheep producers. are going to talk about their operation. Uh, Ronnie Bain is from Spencer County, and he is a custom grazier with cow-calf operations. We're going to talk about custom grazing and managed grazing. And then uh, Devin Churchill is from Harrison County. Uh, he and his father run a, a cow-calf operation and have made big improvements to their farm through managed grazing, so they're going to share share their stories with us. Registration due dates for both events are coming up soon, so find more information at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Elise Koning. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer for Hoosier Ag Today, rated once again as Indiana's most listened to farm radio network. Much colder air dominating our forecast, not just here short term, but going forward a ways. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Let's take a look at that Indiana farm forecast here on Hoosier Ag Today. Here's what's going on. We had a significant weather system try and pass through yesterday. It's off to the northeast. We're dealing with wraparound backside moisture today. It is colder. So this wraparound backside moisture, we're talking about wet snow flurries. And there is a little bit of lake enhancement that's trying to go on, especially in far northern Indiana and southern lower Michigan. So just be prepared for that. Otherwise, clouds dominating for your Thursday. And it really looks to me like we end up with the same basic scenario for Friday, at least as we get started. Light snow flurries, backside wraparound cloud cover. One thing that we are going to watch closely for today and tomorrow, winds. I think those winds ramp up a little bit, get a little gussy. That could create some blowing snow. And so watch for that. We did not get some snows as wet as others in the state. They may blow a little bit easier. But we are below normal in temperatures easily for the rest of this week. Little clipper system tries to come through as we hit Saturday overnight into Sunday morning. That's likely going to give a coating to an inch or two of snow over about 40% of the state. Clouds elsewhere. Then for Monday, we see precipitation-free weather for the most part, and Tuesday is going to be dry to start. But late Tuesday afternoon through Wednesday, we have an area of low pressure coming up in the southwest again. Rain and snow potential out of this, as there's a pretty good strong south flow surge ahead of the low. Good moisture, liquid equivalencies right now anywhere from a quarter to three quarters of an inch. So we're hopeful that it's going to be rain, but if it's snow, it could accumulate as well. Watch that. The track of the low, very important. Behind it, a reinforcing shot of cold. The Canadian air dominates for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. As a matter of fact, it could be on par with some of the cold air that we saw back at Christmas time. Remember that? That was an Arctic blast there. This looks like it's going to be part two of that as we head into that first full weekend in February. 
That's the way things are stacking up. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Mixed ag markets as the bean market finally musters up a higher move. This is Who's Your Ag Today in the Wednesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. The review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show, and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance, it's in their genetics. Chicago wheat futures also worked higher, corn down. At the end of trade, I checked in for market analysis with Tom Fritz. He's with EFG Group in Chicago. Tom, we have lower corn futures, but both soybeans and wheat futures on the plus side by the close on Wednesday. Where's the real story? Is it beans finally mounting some strength or the continuing higher moves in the wheat market? Well, you know, Andy, I've got to look at these markets as, uh, you know, apples versus oranges. You know, I think uh, each one of our uh, ag markets has a different story going for it. Um, Starting with the wheat market, I think most of uh, the buying that we've seen the last two days is mostly technical. Um, You go back to uh, last week's commitment of traders uh, that reminds us that you know, the market is grossly short with speculative shorts. Um, not saying it's the wrong thing. Um, you know, U.S. wheat is not competitive in the world export circles. But uh, it seems like every major exporter, uh, the U.S., Europe, Ukraine, Russia, all has wheat for sale. And they're all vying for the same market share. And usually when that happens, the, the result of that is lower prices. But, uh, you know, I think after Monday's activity, we got into a bit of a uh, oversold scenario, if you will. And uh, I missed this Monday afternoon. Uh, the state of Texas uh, gave us some crop ratings and, you know, no surprise, they were horrible. So uh, we are going to get selected hard red winter wheat uh, ratings next uh, next Monday afternoon. And I can't imagine we're going to be seeing any improvement now. A lot of our uh, hard red winter wheat areas have seen some recent snow cover, so I think, you know, longer term it's beneficial. But in that same vein, I hear over in Europe that uh, given what's transpired as far as the weather goes this winter, that uh, their winter crops are very vulnerable to, you know, possible cold snaps that would occur over the next couple of months. So I I think the wheat market uh, couple the short-term oversold, a little bit of a need of a uh, weather premium, if you will. But uh, personally, I don't think the wheat market's going anywhere. It's just that, you know, every time you try to sell this uh, market in the hole, it's frustrating. So, you know, okay, let the market rally. You chase the rally. It's frustrating. Bottom line, I don't think our wheat market's going anywhere. Uh, looking at the corn market, it's a little bit lower today. You know, they want to choose to say, oh, it's the Argentine rain. Yeah, it's raining in Argentina. Uh, it's been raining for the last couple of days. It's going to continue to uh, rain in different areas of Argentina uh, for the balance of this week. And it's, you know, bottom line, it's beneficial rainfall. But, uh, you know, I think in our corn market right now, uh, we had some, call it uh, mixed to bearish data. Uh, from the ethanol grind, yeah, the grind is improving, but the stock's big jump. So, you know, it to me that, uh, you know, tells me longer term that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to slow the grind down as stocks build. But as long as they're making money, 
And, uh, you know, you go look at natural gas prices, they continue to swoon. Uh, so, you know, with that said, you know, yeah, these guys are making money, but the eventuality is if stocks get too great, they have to uh, slow down the grind. But uh, right now, you know, the corn market, I don't think it's going anywhere. You know, realize that the last uh, supply-demand report that the USDA gave us, uh, sure, tighter stocks. Well, they cut demand. You know, to me, that should be put up in headlights. You know, the U.S. corn market, demand. You know, where is it? We don't have any market-making demand. Uh, sure, we're going to play the game uh, with Argentina. How short is their corn crop going to be? Got a big unknown with Brazil as far as its second-season corn crop. Not a kernel has been planted yet. So, you know, lump it all together, and it suggests our corn market's going nowhere fast. Soybeans, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I hope everybody's, you know, keeping up with the daily flip-flop here. But uh, to me, it's all about the soybean meal market. Uh, nearby soybean meal, uh, the export, it's extremely strong. Uh, even our domestic market for meal is strong. Uh, back in uh, early January, there was some un, uh, unplanned maintenance shutdowns. So, you know, meal's kind of tight in this country. But uh, the big thing is, is the export market. Uh, Argentina has no beans left. Uh, the two programs that they had to generate soybean sales, meaning the government had one in September, one in December, I think for the most part depleted their old crop soybean supply. So right now uh, the meal demand is uh, coming over to the U.S. And our cash market for meal doesn't back off. Now, on the last couple of days, you know, we've seen this meal market flip-flop around, and yet the cash market doesn't budge. So I think trading conditions have gotten a little thin. But when you've got strength in the meal market, your soybean market's not going to back down. And I think this is the case. Uh, sure, you know, we, we saw a bean sale today for 130,000 tons. I do not think it was China. Uh, China's on holiday. Normally they don't, uh, they're not very active in the world export market when they're on holiday. So uh, I think the bean market is just kind of bouncing around, uh, waiting for the Brazilian harvest to you know, get going in earnest. So far, it's off to a slow start. But uh, they've got a big harvest coming at us. And I think it's just a question of uh, you know, sooner versus later that it uh, gets here. But so far, uh, lim limited impact in the uh, world market so far, uh, as evidenced by their uh, weekly export sales, they're down to virtually nothing. So, But uh, in the coming weeks, that should uh, begin to ramp up. Uh, so now for the short term, the bean market's going to try to try to stay alive. Thank you very much, soybean meal. Uh, soybean oil, it's no help right now. Uh, right now, rival vegetable oils are taking it on the chin. What did they tell me? Palm oil uh, overnight uh, had its worst outing in the last six weeks. So when you hear stuff like that, you know, bean oil is not going to be much of a performer. So, but in the meantime, you know, we're going to watch Argentine weather, you know, come uh, next week at this time, we're going to say, okay, how beneficial was the Argentine weather? And uh, we'll go from there and uh, we'll take a look, see at where we are with the Brazilian harvest. So, but uh, right now, long story short, we're marking time. 
we're not going anywhere of uh, any substance. Tom Pritz there, EFG Group in Chicago. Now the Wednesday settlements. March corn, two and a quarter lower, goes to 674 and three quarters. May ended two cents down at 673 and a quarter. July, 663 and a quarter off a penny and a half. March soybeans, a 14 cent bump on Wednesday, up to 1502 and a half. May, 1496 and a half, up an even dime. And March wheat, 741 and a quarter, gaining six and three quarters. In the meats, it was mixed. April live cattle, a comeback to go 25 cents higher, settling at 161.55. And April lean hogs, that contract settles at 85.32, down but just a nickel. And that is the Wednesday Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.